said, don't, you know, don't be worried. Nothing's happened. Nothing will happen. The feelings aren't mutual, but just, you know, I'm experiencing these romantic feelings. And I said, like, we've, we've talked like three or four times maximum. And so I told my mission president, like, we hardly see each other. The feelings aren't mutual. Like you have nothing to worry about, but just so you know, I'm laying this on the table. So he called me, <laughs> I think that day. And he just said, I'm transferring you way like basically as far away from that area as, like, <laughs> as he could have uh -huh. uh -huh. and I was fine with that I mean I knew like I could have been tempted to think like oh I'm messing all this up like this wasn't the Lord's plan sure but deep deep down I knew that those feelings I had for him they were not my own it's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall and uh, excited to be joined by Liz Cousinji. Now, if you're hearing me say that and you're seeing the way that it's spelled, you may be like I. I'm like, how? What? What? How does that work? What uh, is it? Is it uh, of a heritage of a language that maybe it sounds a little bit different? I want to start there because I would have said Kazanzi. And I would have been very wrong. Yeah. So a lot of people say that they, they see that word and they think Kazanzi or Kazanzi. Um, so the first rule to remember is that all the A's in there make an ah sound. Okay. So that leads you to like Kazanji. Okay. And then that Z-H at the end makes a Z sound. Okay. So but, Kaz but Kazanji is like the, the legit pronunciation, but it's easier to just tell people the word cousin and the letter G. Uh -huh. Kazanji. Is that... Am I close if in the right way of saying because I'm close Kazan except G. the accent, the okay. accents on the end. <laughs> Kazan G. Okay. I'll, I don't know. We'll go Kazan G because it's easier. What is that? What language is that? Or what? Um, um, so my husband's from Ukraine, which is we'll get into that a little later. Yeah. Um, that that name is actually weird in Ukraine as well, because it actually comes from Greece. Okay. So that's kind of the heritage of it. So let's talk about your husband being from Ukraine. That's that's got to be, I mean, there's nothing going on over in Ukraine right now, right? Nice and chill, super <laughs> peaceful. I mean, what what is that? What is that like for him? What is that like for you? Have you ever lived there? Let's let, let's talk about it. Yeah. So um, it's easier for him than for me. Surprisingly, even though he's the one from Ukraine, he's just better at like compartmentalizing his feelings, mm -hmm. and my feelings are kind of like all over the place. So when the war started, um, it, my life just like fell off its tracks um, because I was just so in shock. So I served a mission there um, and we went back and visited as a family as recently as uh, last October. Mm. Um, my husband still has family there. We both have friends there. And um, it used to be that nobody knew where Ukraine was, yeah. you know, and now the whole world knows because of what's going on. Give me an idea. When did you serve a mission there, and what is what is the mission like? I know there's a temple there, and and certainly we know of the the many sacrifices and like stalwart saints that are just doing tremendous things there now. But what was it like, sort of pre all that, when you were serving a mission there? Yeah, so I served in uh, 2013 and 2014. Um, the temple has been there since 2010, I believe. Um, and there's a stake. There's a stake in Kiev. Um, there might actually be, or used to be, I guess, um, stakes elsewhere. Um, the members are amazing. They're just so, so strong. Um, missionary work is more European than like South American. <laughs> so, so, so slow, really arduous. You see only a couple people maybe in your time yes, that you're serving. So, 
for example, I served in three areas and um, I had one baptism in my first area and one baptism in my third area. Wow. Um, and then I found my husband in my second area. So oh, there's a story there. <laughs> now, now uh, and maybe we'll get to that in a second. But when you got home, were you like, man, that I'm, I'm glad that I went and did that or that was so hard or I'm going to leave that in the past. Some people really embrace it and 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 it continues to be a part of their future. Tell me, tell me what that was like. Um, I had a great time, had a wonderful mission, even though it was hard. Um, it's kind of funny. I wanted a hard mission. I wanted a hard mission. I wanted a hard language and I got, you know, Russian. Yeah. Um, and I just, I loved, I loved the challenge of it. I love the people I had, I had been to Eastern Europe before I had been to Romania on a, an internship. Oh, and so I kind of knew the area, kind of knew a bit of the culture, kind of had that under my belt before I got there. And I think that really helped me. Why did you want something that was hard? So many people are like, listen, I'm going to do this thing. But if we can just like, we can like skate through this or if we can like, give me a solid here. Like, let's do Australia so I can still speak English, but it can be like, uh, you know, foreign, foreign. country, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Why you embrace the hard? Why? Um, I don't know. I think that's just part of my character my personality that i just love a challenge like intellectually and um just in in every sphere and so i was just stoked when i got that mission call is russian hard to speak i know mandarin is sort of gets kind of the like the top tier like mandarin chinese and and some of those other ones uh like that are just super hard is it that hard or is it kind of I don't think so. I think it helps that so it's a different alphabet so that's the first thing you have to get used to is all those cyrillic letters and the ones that look like you should know what they say, but they make a completely different, uh -huh. <laughs> different sound. Um, and so once you get the alphabet down, it's nice because um, all the, all the letters make the same sound all the time. Mm -hmm. It's not like English where somebody told me um, the, the words Pacific ocean, all the C's in those words make different sounds. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cause you get the, this and the, yeah. Hmm. So I like that about it. And also um, they have really strict like grammatical rules. Um, whereas in English, there's just like so many exceptions to everything. Yeah. Like my husband even now will say, um, why is it this way? Or why is it, why do you say it like that? And I just have to say, I have no idea. Yeah. It just, <laughs> it just is. <laughs> yeah. We're just narcissistic English speakers. That's why. And we, and we insist that everyone speak like we do. Now I, I, I want to pick up a couple of things. Um, one, you said once the war sort of broke out in Ukraine that your life just sort of fell off. Uh, give me a little bit more insight of that. Was it were the worried about the loved ones that were there? It was the not knowing like what, 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 you know, fell apart for you and what did it look like? I think the main thing was that my in-laws were right in the thick of it. Mm -hmm. They were in Kiev at the time. And once they left, they it was a few weeks into it they wanted to stay people ukrainians love ukraine and they wanted you know they wanted to stay in their homes but um once they left to go to western ukraine um i realized my worries went way down mm. i thought i was worried like as a whole and i was and i am but to just have family there and friends there um it was just really uh yeah really stressful and so i like couldn't focus on anything in my life and to to give you an idea of how close to home this is um when we went back and visited in october we visited this mall it's just a few blocks from my 
in-laws apartment and um malls in europe are like way better than here <laughs> what do you mean tell me like it's not and malls malls here are getting more like it that where they'll have other things besides stores but this mall had like an indoor play area and a gym and this massive food court and a grocery store and like huge and and it was new it wasn't there when i was serving my mission this this beautiful thing and we went there several times and my kids just had a blast and mm-hmm. they had like a train ride going around it and um and i was reading an article in march that uh, a mall was bombed by or you know shot by missiles completely destroyed mm. and my sister-in-law um texted us and and told us that it was that mall Ugh. and i mean looking at looking at the video i could even see this mangled sign of sport life it's it's where we bought our in-laws um basically a gym pass for Mm -hmm. a year um and just seeing that it was just completely destroyed and um, my kids we have pictures from our our memories there you know i have pictures on the wall and my kids would look at it and say oh that was so much fun when are we going to go back can we can we go there again when we visit you know babushka that's Mm -hmm. grandma Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i had to tell them like we can't go back it's been destroyed and um the war has been kind of hard for them as well because they've you know they've been worried about their grandma and aunt and just about what's happening you know it's a it's um i was gonna say fascinating i don't think that's the right word for it but it it is intriguing for me as you see people that have a, a connection to ukraine or to russia and the way that this has impacted their life and it and it is it, as you described it right you're not able to function and you can't focus on things because of these are loved ones these are places that you know these are people that you've you know worked and ministered among and all that stuff and then you have other people that have no connection and they're like liz i don't know what your big deal is it's it's a it's a different country on a different continent how how did you deal with that did you try and teach people or do you did you kind of place it and just be like, okay, well, fine, don't worry. But as for me and my house, we're really worried. I think it really helped when I did start teaching people. Like I did a podcast of my own. So I have, I've got the podcast Latter-day Saint Book Nook. Mm-hmm. Where Which I, is a great name, by the way, because I love <laughs> to say Book Nook. I know, it rolls off the tongue. Uh-huh. Um, and I did an episode about Ukraine. And then I was a guest on another podca- podcast about um, sharing my experiences with Ukraine. And I think that really helped me not, I don't know, find closure or find satisfaction. Like I was doing something to to help, to inform other people. Uh, because you're right, when it's when it's far far removed from you, um, it's easier to handle, I guess. I read once where um, you know, one person has like in, in the news, if it's your hometown, you know. 10 people dying, but let's say there's a shooting, 10 people dying in your hometown is going to be really impactful for that to be your state. It's going to be 50 mm-hmm. for that to be your country. It's hundred. And if it's somewhere else far in the world for it to make headlines, it's got to be way up there, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, as you sit here today, I mean, we're recording this in, in sort of the first part of September, 2022. So the, the war has been going on for about nine months how how are you dealing with it today? How are loved ones there? What are you hearing or what brings you peace or do you have peace? Give me current status. So my in-laws are back in Kiev. Um, once things settled down, they they went back. First my mother-in-law and then my sister-in-law. 
um my husband and i just kind of keep up continue to keep up with the news mm-hmm. and i think it's it's gotten easier i don't know if that's just because you know your mind can only handle so much before it gets used to something you know mm-hmm. um but it's been interesting to see the dynamics of war and how that affects people and i thinking like thinking back to the book of mormon when it says captain moroni um didn't delight in bloodshed mm-hmm. like when i read that now i am just completely impressed by that that he was able to be in the middle of war and see all the horrible things and not delight in bloodshed because right now um there is a lot of hatred toward russia towards all things russian mm-hmm. and it is the actions of a few um that are trickling down you know you can blame certainly putin mm-hmm. you know his the government down to the soldiers who are committing these atrocious acts but people um tend to generalize and say all of russia or all of russians are this way or that way and i think satan really stirs people up like that like it's one thing to be patriotic and that's a good thing and mm-hmm. that can be you know led by the spirit but satan can just take that one step further and and turn it into contention and hatred sure i mean look no further further than here in the united states the same thing right there's a there's a sense of patriotism that can be like yeah yeah great and then there's that extra that you're like nah, i don't think so <laughs> that that might be something a little too extra where you know satan or you know just that excess uh leads it to be something that not productive or you know the creator of contention and that kind of stuff uh i want to take a quick break and when we come back i want to find out about how uh i'm not sure if it was brother cousin g or if it was elder cousin g or how that worked out and how you guys uh dated and got married and 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 i've read the talk you're supposed to lock your heart so we'll come back and talk about that in the second block of the cultural hall bestdjinutah.com. That is the website. If you would like to hire me to come and to be at your event. Now, uh, I've done weddings and uh, family reunions, and I've had the opportunity to gather with folks just uh, for a party. I have yet to do a funeral. uh, And so I I don't want to say it with such exuberance, but I'm willing to play the music at a funeral, and I know that some people have really started to turn uh, the passing of someone into a party. Not that we're celebrating that they're gone. No, that's not what I'm saying. Take that back. Come on, Richie. I'm just saying the opportunity to be able to gather and celebrate the life of an individual. This suddenly got really dark, and I didn't mean it to. The point is, if uh, you have an event, an activity that you need music to be played for, why not considering consider rather hiring me uh, you go to bestdjinutah.com imagine running a small business today it's challenging imaging and internet presence is an absolute must even with that you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe now imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients imagine Lennon design whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation advertising media and promotional materials Lennon design is your partner in business they'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you when you need creative affordable 
affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the second block of the Cultural Hall, remember you can always go to patreon.com forward slash the cultural hall. If you want to see the beautiful painting that is behind Liz, uh, the only way that you can see the video is if you are a Patreon saint. Uh, that looks familiar to me. Is it a reprint of something? Is that a uh, a Liz original? What picture is that behind you? It is some beautiful original that I found at DI. There you go. For probably like eight bucks. Did you get a? Did you get it at? You took it out of the frame and then you put the frame around something else. I do that on occasion. <laughs> like this is a great frame, and then I take out the thing and I'm like, eh, I'll hang this for a minute. Nope, just got it just like that. Yep. It was a, pe- it oh, was opening it was opening day at, at the Springville location and whoa. I like went early and stand stood in line and just I went straight to the couches and I found these beautiful couches for like eighty dollars or something two wow. two like three seat anyway I and I I put my name on that and then I went for the other little stuff and found that there you go. There you go. And people won't know what it is that we're talking about unless they become a Patreon state. It's patreon.com forward slash the cultural hall. So, uh, I mean, I don't want to be accusatory, but was there a little impropriety uh, between you and uh, brother cousin G uh, in the mish? How did how did that connection get made? And then what was that like as as you guys got married? Um, so, I, like I mentioned before, he was in the second area that I served in. So I served my first area for like 10 months or something like a really long time went to my second area and um i was assigned to give a talk in one of my one of the first uh first sundays we were there kind of introduce ourselves mm-hmm. and they do a really cool thing in that ward where before the meeting um a member of the bishopric will sit down with the speakers and kind of go go over speaker etiquette really um, which i think is a great idea for... yeah why do we not do that here <laughs> like you keep Ukrainians it to a certain figured out yes <laughs> Yeah, keep it to a certain length and focus on the savior and like all these things. So as I got pulled into that, um, and the the guy that was doing the explaining, um, I had not met him yet because we were new in the ward. Um, but I was immediately like my interest was piqued. Mm-hmm. So um all I knew about him was his name was Brother Cousin G. Mm-hmm. And so after that, I went and asked the um the Relief Society president kind of like, who is that? And um, she just mentioned, oh, that's Brother Cousin G. He's in the he's uh, in the bishopric. And um, and so I just kind of like kept that in the back of my, my mind. Oh, and I noticed he wasn't wearing a wedding ring. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I am at this point, I'm, I'm just a super dedicated missionary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I happened to mention to my <laughs> companion that oh I'm you know I might have a little crush on brother cousin G mm-hmm. and she just thought that was hilarious and she would like tease me about it whenever we'd be <laughs> like in the same vicinity anyway um so nothing nothing at all happened um and then a few months later I was giving another talk in church I guess these are the blessings that come from you know yeah. giving talks yeah and I gave my talk and I sat back down and he was assigned a talk as well and he got up and started talking and as soon as he started speaking, I was just flooded with emotions, just completely like a dam broke. And I was filled with love for him. Yeah. And I thought, what the heck? <laughs> like, I'm a missionary. Yeah. And I'm completely in love with this man. And this is not what I wanted. Like, I was, like I said, super focused. And I just told myself, okay, if these feelings don't go away in a week, I'll write my mission president about it. 
Mm -hmm. and they did not go away in the week and he seemed to pop up like everywhere and Mm -hmm. and you know i'd be at a member's house and he'd call to remind them about their talk or i'd go visit some old widow and he had just been there Mm -hmm. giving the sacrament or something he was just very like diligent in in his ward so anyway the, the feelings didn't pass and um i i like I said, I said I'd write my mission president. And how does I that thought, letter go? I, <laughs> I, I want to know what that letter is like. And I also, you know, people may be curious, what is what's the age difference? Because I mean, he could yes, be young and he could be young and in the in a bishop brick, but he also could be much older, which makes this a, a kind of a different story. So that's the other part of it is that he is 12 and a half years older than me. Okay. So I'm just this random sister missionary, 21 at the time, and he was in his 30s, you know. Mm-hmm. And of course, from his side, I am nothing more than just a random sister missionary. Right. And so I get up the courage to write my mission president. And then I realize that it is the beginning of July and I had just switched mission presidents. Mm. So the one that knew me as this straight shooter, super diligent, <laughs> he had just <laughs> left. And I was with this new mission president that literally knew nothing about me. Now, pause and, real quick. How did the letter go? Were you like, hey, uh, I got these feelings. I don't know what to do with it. Or just so we're all on the same page, this is what's happened. What what was it like? It was a lot like that, actually. Okay. Like um, I said, don't, you know, don't be worried. Nothing's happened. Nothing will happen. The feelings aren't mutual. But just, you know, I'm experiencing these romantic feelings. Mm-hmm. And I said, like, we've we've talked like um Vlad so his name's Vlad so Vlad and I talked like three or four times maximum and so I told my mission president like um we hardly see each other the feelings are mutual like you have nothing to worry about but just so you know I'm laying this on the table mm-hmm. and um so he called me <laughs> I think that day mm-hmm. and he just said I'm transferring you um way like basically as far away from that area as as he could have and I was fine with that I mean I knew like I could have been tempted to think like oh I'm messing all this up like this wasn't the Lord's plan sure but deep deep down I knew that those feelings I had for him they were not my own like they were 100% from God a very spiritual experience and so I didn't feel bad about them and my mission president um Elder Packer he's the grandson of uh Boyd K. Packer Mm-hmm. And he just said, what's important isn't what feelings and thoughts you have. What's important is what you do with them. Sure. And that's that's one lesson I really learned because for the rest of my mission, which was three months, I worked so hard to just keep those thoughts and feelings under control, mm-hmm. um, knowing that there would be a time where I could express that, but that it wouldn't, you know, it wasn't on my mission. Yeah. You know, it's an it's an interesting thing that happens a lot more than I think people realize. And it's not necessarily like with um, you know, like sister missionaries and members of the bishopric or anything like that. I'm not saying that in particular, but just like that 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 those romantic feelings occur, right? I think probably more often it's between um either elders and sisters, missionaries serving in the same mission, or you know, elders and then like the the young single sister in the ward as well. You see, you see that happen a lot, but it really is a, a a choice that you can make where it's like, Hey, 
I feel this. Maybe it's something, maybe it's not something, but it's just not the time and or the place to do it. And if it really is to to your credit and, and to what you said, like if it really is God's plan, it, it'll work out a different way. You don't have to, you know, kind of secretly keep it going or, you know, feed into that because that's not what you're there to do. But so many people get tripped up because they do, you know, go after that because it feels good or it feels good to be liked or, you know, they want to mm-hmm. see where it is and, and and feel like they have to give it attention in order for it to continue. Yeah. And I think a lot of um, people do. And you you hear that more and more of people meeting on their missions. And mm-hmm. I think especially since they dropped the age and there's always this um, stigma against that, like, oh, like you like you were joking, like mm-hmm. lock your heart, like, mm-hmm. you know, did anything bad happen? Um, and I think that in time, the more this this happens, the more we'll get away from that stigma in the church. Like they were both serving. That's how they met or they met at a mission reunion after or um, whatever the case would be. Like God could totally use a mission to bring people together. Sure. Sure. I mean, it's no it's no uh, it's no weirder than an app where you just see the face of someone and go, yes, please. And then connect. <laughs> and I don't know. Some of that stuff, I think, is so odd. So so then the three months you serve really hard. But then that's not the reconnection with uh, Vlad, which, by the way, if there is a Ukrainian man that you will meet, of course, his name is <laughs> Vlad. Right. Like, I don't want to be, you know, generalizing or stereotypical, but of course it is. Yeah. Um, So I got home and my mom laughs that the very first question I asked her is, do you still have my laptop? Uh Because I wanted to jump on there, get on Facebook and write him. And that's exactly what I did. Um, That didn't go anywhere because it was just random small talk between, you know, random people. Mm -hmm. And a few days or weeks, I can't remember what, but I I went to the temple and I just said this super fervent prayer and just said, you've, you've given me these feelings. I've kept them under control. You've promised me to, you've promised to take care of me after my mission, mm-hmm. especially finding a husband and just know I want it to be him. Like, please just give us, give us a chance. Wow. That's and pretty bold. Good, good for you. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I get bolder. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, so the days go on. Nothing happens. I'm expecting God to, you know, yeah. you know, inspire Vlad to reach out to me. And I realized that's not going to happen. Yeah. And so I wrote him a two page Russian love letter and just explained all that I had basically what I had like explained to you, all my feelings, why I wanted to try it why everything that was you know in our way but why i wanted to try it anyway and i just totally laid it out um on him <laughs> and what's what's fun is that i still have all of these things Aww. you know the letter to my mission president a letter to this and by letter i don't mean like handwritten i mean like facebook messenger you know sure and so i sent him that letter with the help of the spirit um and then later that night i got a reply back from him oh now, let me insert in real, real quick here. So you click send or submit or whatever on the message. And then I bet it instantly is like, a, did I just do the thing that I should have done? Maybe I shouldn't have done the thing that I did. Oh, why isn't he written back yet? Is there three dots? Where are the three dots? Are the three dots coming? I shouldn't have done this. I've ruined this by doing these things, right? All those emotions? Yes. I think my journal entry that that morning said like 1104. I just sent the letter. Shoot me now. <laughs> I was, yeah, super nervous, but, you know, I felt back, I felt good having sent it that, uh-huh. you know, I've done my part. I, you know, it's out there. 
Um, and then when I got the reply back, I'm like, oh, shoot, like I didn't think about what <laughs> what his reply, you know. Um, so I got it and I read it and he rejected me. Oh, no. Yeah, he was super nice about it. But he just said, you know, you're way younger than me and we live halfway across the world from each other. You're going to BYU. There's plenty of fish in the sea. Um, and he also said that there was someone he was interested in okay. um, that was planning. He was planning on expressing his feelings to her soon. And so, you know, I, I replied kindly and I just said, well, thanks for being honest with me. And just know that if you change your mind, you know, let me know. Mm-hmm. And then um, did you go, hey, God, remember in the temple when we talked about this? This wasn't yeah. the way this was supposed to be. What <laughs> happened here? Yeah, I uh, it was it was really devastating. And I don't, I don't like to let myself be devastated. So I, I immediately turned to something else. Like I was kind of applying for grad schools at the time. So I just went like full force into some other path of my life mm-hmm. uh, because it didn't just hurt on a personal level, like being rejected, but it was like a, a spiritual level. Like why did all of this happen to me? Why did I feel all that? Why, mm-hmm. w- when this just, you know, hit a, um, a brick wall? Sure. Yeah, you begin to sort of question. So um, when I was married the first time, I had a lot of similar feelings like this is meant to be. This is a thing. And when it sort of dissolved and didn't work out, it was definitely a thing where it's like, do I even know what the spirit feels like? Why? Why would it lead me down this where this is the thing that that came out of it? It it, it can be sort of faith shaking. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and so I kind of struggled that with that. Um, thankfully, not too long. Because two days later, um, he reached out again and first with a little bit of small talk. And and in my mind, I'm thinking, what the heck is going on? Like, why is he talking to me? Mm -hmm. Um, And then he told me that right after sending his rejection, he immediately felt bad inside. He felt like a loss of the spirit, Mm. like he had done something wrong. And he thought, oh, man, I should probably like study this out more. And so he went online and I had, um, I had put it together a blog, also an idea from the spirit, um, a, a Russian blog for kind of to support the members that mm-hmm. I had served with. And on that blog, I had, I play the guitar and I mean, I play a lot of things, but I wrote a, a song on the guitar in Russian and I took a video of that. And when he watched that, he was just overcome with the spirit and um, he knew that he needed to pursue me. And looking back at like, that's the moment that answered my prayer in the temple. Mm-hmm. Like I asked God, keep this going, like, give me a chance. And that was his inspiration to the Lord to keep it going. So from that point on, things went smoother. So we, um, well, they couldn't it, go rougher to be fair. <laughs> fair enough. So we, um, texted or we, you know, chatted every day. First it was a little bit and then it was an hour and then it was two hours mm-hmm. And within um, a few weeks, we were saying, I love you. And six weeks later, um, we video chatted for the first time. And um, he didn't exactly propose, but it was more like, when we get married, I think we should live in America. Mm. (laughs) Um, And so I was was engaged to a Ukrainian man that I had never even touched. Like, that's... (laughs) I, I hope in my heart of hearts, I hope that it was like a Zoom chat that you guys had with each other. And he's like, 
check the chat comments. And that's how he asked you. Like it says, <laughs> will you marry me there? Like you have to click on it and you're like, yeah, you bet. Uh, so, so a little out of the norm, certainly, right? To be able to do that. And as you indicated, like this is a, a guy that you're going to marry that you have never touched, that you've never hugged, held a hand. Never and, gone and, on a date with. Yeah. And he lives halfway across, you know, the world. So so he obviously at some point comes to where you're at or you go to where he's at. How how does that come together? And then how long has it been since this this connection happened? So that all happened in December. So we got engaged in December. And in January, I was already putting together the paperwork for a fiance visa. Mm-hmm. Um so I think there's a is there a movie or a show like 90 Day Fiance? Yeah, got like, 90 days to lock it in. Yep. So um, we put that all together with the, with the help of some friends um, also that were guided by the spirit to you know reach out to us and there, it was a huge help because I mean you have to do mountains of paperwork it is yeah. not easy and also pay a ton of money and so we did all that and then he had an interview with um, with an embassy official or whatever in the beginning of June we had our wedding date set for July 10th and so he had his his interview on June 5th and we were expecting like, okay, either you get the visa and you come here and we get married or you don't get the visa and I go there and we get married. Like, mm-hmm. We were, you know, we had our plans. Um, but the embassy worker did not give a yes or no. <laughs> he gave a maybe because Perfect. he was just in, in shock of our story. And um, because we had never dated like in person and there, there's a requirement that you have to, have known each other in person and so a lot of people will take um, a ton of photos together as as proof of that we had we had no photos together right like we we legitimately photoshopped our wedding invitation <laughs> like a friend of mine took out my companion we were in front of the key temple <laughs> put the blood in and nobody you know nobody was the wiser like oh good good i'm glad no one was the wiser <laughs> <laughs> Is he is Vlad wearing a skirt? Yeah, we didn't have time to do the whole <laughs> lower half. We only had the time to do the upper. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Um, so this this guy was like, I I don't know. I don't want to say no because you seem legit, but I don't want to say yes because you haven't even like dated in person. Mm-hmm. And so we walked away from that with a maybe, which was a really hard time of like limbo. We didn't know what would happen, you know, any of that. Um, now at that time, the embassy worker later contacted the state president of Kiev, um, who, who vouched for both me and Vlad and on June 25th. So 20 days of waiting, um, we, we got approved for the visa Mm. and I was on, I was sleeping on my friend's couch. I didn't even have an apartment because I had only signed for a a spring contract because I thought I'd be, you know, getting married. So, yeah. Thank goodness that worked out. Anyway, he um, he flew in on July 6th, which was a Monday, and we got married on Friday. Nice. He get, he lands and he's like, so this is America, huh? Where are we living? What are we doing? Are you my wife? Perfect. Let's do this. Yeah, That's people are like, are you even going to recognize him? I was like, I think I'll recognize him. But yeah. let me tell you, that first that first hug in the airport was, was something really special. Like our first embrace. That's a that's an amazing story. A, a tremendous amount of courage, and like you mentioned, with your mission that you wanted something that would be hard. Like that feels like a hard way of, you know, finding of that eternal companion as well. 
right? Uh, other people do it a little easier, Liz. <laughs> right. Um, I didn't think about it. Maybe God knew that I like a challenge and he extended that past my mission too. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and this was what, a uh, little less than a decade ago? Uh, so it was seven years ago. Uh, yeah, 2015. Nice. So uh, I want to take another break. And in the uh, third block of the Cultural Hall, uh, you've written a book that I want to talk a little bit about. And then I also want to talk about current situation because you worship with a ward that is a little bit unique. And I want to get some of the the um, perspective of of what that's like. And, and uh, we'll tell people what that is. But you got to stick around. Come back for the third block of the Cultural Hall. Hey, friends, Dan, the laptop man from PC Laptops. As you know, there's been a huge video card shortage for computers. We have tons of NVIDIA and AMD video cards right now available with complete systems. Check us out right now at PCLaptops.com. Here in the third block of the Cultural Hall, you can do as Liz has done, which is email the show, contact at theculturalhall.com. Sometimes you have to nudge me again and say, hey, pal, did you get the email? And then sometimes you have to nudge me again, and then I get around to it. I'm horrible. I'll, that's what repentance is for. It's contact at the cultural hall.com. Um, Liz, the the ward you attend, the LDS ward here in the state of Utah that you attend, let's I want to know a little bit about that. It's the Russian speaking branch in Salt Lake City. Um, so it's the only Russian speaking branch in uh, in America, I guess. And I'm careful to say Russian speaking branch because it is not a Russian branch because you've got um, a lot of members from you've you have, you've obviously got people from Russia, but there's a lot from Ukraine. There's a lot from Kazakhstan. Basically, any former Soviet Union country. We've got quite a mix there. Now, so what is that like? Because I have to think uh, that there are some people. If you're unfamiliar with some of what the turmoil is, like some people, it's it's sort of Russian nationalist. I know that is probably not a great way to describe it, but. Uh, Russia sort of feels like everything should still be Russia. And that's part of what is driving Putin to do that. If there are people within that ward that feel that same way, and then these other people who are, you know, from Ukraine and seeing the damage and destruction to either their homes or their family and loved ones, that seems like that would be rife with complications, especially when you're just trying to worship Jesus. Yeah, I think my our branch president did a great job when the war broke out just immediately getting up and saying um this is a place of worship we're going to focus on uh the gospel here and Mm -hmm. and stay away from political discussions and now it's one thing to say that in words it's another thing to follow it um but there hasn't been much strife i'd say um it helps that the people that are here um Russians that are here have a better idea of what's actually going on mm-hmm. in Ukraine, whereas Russia's Russians in Russia are so immersed in the propaganda that it is nearly impossible to know what is going on. Mm-hmm. And people might say, oh, well, you've got the Internet. You can, you know, look and see what's really going on. But when you've been, um, you know, hearing and watching that propaganda your whole life, um, it's just you get sucked into it like the Russian word for. It, it's called zombify. Like they have been zombified, turned into zombies over, you know, a lifetime. But anyway, the I think in church, the hardest thing has been people bringing up the war um, when it, it can be distracting, I guess, like, like in a prayer when you should be, you know, saying, I don't know, more general things like 
uh, somebody can go off kind of onto a rant with uh, with Ukraine and Russia and all that. Um, but for the most part, it's been it's been really good, and our our branch has grown a lot. I think people coming to support like uh, former missionaries and people with connections um, have coming have been coming, and uh, a lot of um, refugees. Sorry, I'm, I'm thinking in Russian right now. That's why yeah. some words. Yeah, <laughs> no, I could I could tell there was something, and I'm like, I'm betting it's Russian. I bet she's <laughs> speaking the Russian in her. In her yeah, uh, so refugees. Um, our word has grown in that way as well because a lot of people are are coming over, and there's there's been some really tender moments of I can think of um, musical numbers that have been just really touching because of how pertinent it is right now, um, and I think music can really speak to to people. Um, during hard times like right now. Is it something, and I, I feel like I know the answer, that anyone could come to that ward? Yeah. How, yeah. What's the what's the information on it? It's in Salt Lake. It's it's a Russian-speaking ward. Yeah. it's uh, we, So we meet on Sundays at 1.30. Um, and actually, we're having a, a open house. Um, people don't, we usually don't do that as members, but like an open house for our, our ward or our ward building um, on the 18th. And it's called the Mount Enzyme Fourth Branch. So I'm sure if you Google Mount Enzyme Fourth Branch, you can find all the information for yeah. that. We'll put it in the show notes as well. So if there's yeah. anyone listening to this, because I mean, I would be curious. I don't speak, uh, but only one word of Russian. But I would love to just be able to to go and and be able to witness something like that. I think that would be what. What's your one word? Um, dosvidanya. I can say <laughs> goodbye or yeah. see you later or whatever it means. I don't know that. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know that I. Actually and they know. they have headphones there, so. You can use the headphones to get, you know, get everything translated. So really? my kids don't my kids don't speak Russian, and so we put the headphones on them. So so why go? Uh, and then I want to make sure that we talk about the the book that you have authored and and what it's about and how how and why people should pick that up. But why go to the Russian speaking um, ward? There are certainly wards that are closer to where you live. Right. Yeah. We we have to travel like about twenty five minutes to get there. Um, we we just kind of felt the the inspiration to go there that we could do more. Um, more good there than in our our current war. And it was during COVID that we started to go when everything was kind of shut down. But the Russian speaking branch kept going. They they didn't get shut down. Yeah, nice. they didn't. Um, and so with with Flood obviously being a fluent speaker and me, I I can speak and and understand just fine. Um, we're able to to serve more in that capacity and strengthen the members there. That's awesome. And I like that that idea of being able to sort of continue. It's not like the mission necessarily, but it is sort of continuing the work of the Lord because that's what you've covenanted to do. So I want to talk, I don't know that we're going to have, uh, we talked before we started the interview that maybe we'd go through like three or four sections of the book. I'm thinking maybe we do just one. Um, tell people the name of your book and then why you decided to write it. And then let's talk a little bit about what we might get from reading it. It's called The Holy Ghost from A to Z what the spirit can do for you. Um, and for those video patron people, this beautiful book, look at that. Yeah, I love it. I love it. The, and the thing that I appreciated about it too uh, is you remember those primer books that you'd get in like kindergarten where it's like, A is for Apple. That's that you have incorporated that at least a little into your book. And I, and I appreciated that so much <laughs> that it was actually bringing that in. Um, why, why did you decide that you could you could write a book and put it out there about the the Holy Ghost? I have wanted to write, um, be an author for a long time. And I was finally at a point where 
I could really focus on writing. Like I had gotten my husband through school and I didn't have to work anymore. He got a job and I was like, okay, I, I want to write. I just don't know what to write. Um, and I had a dream that makes me sound like Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. <laughs> I had a dream. Yes. Um, but the dream wasn't all that, that cool. I was just like giving a relief study lesson and I had a poster board with a, you know, like he said, mm-hmm. a is for this and B is for that and C is for that. Um, but then when I woke up, I just had this title in my mind, just as clear as day, the Holy Ghost from A to Z, what the spirit can do for you. And I knew I just wanted it to be about the blessings of the spirit, the blessings the spirit can offer you. And that I wanted it to be very accessible to people. So written very simply, short, not everybody has time to go get this huge book from Desert Book written by, you know, a professor. Mm-hmm. Um, not everyone can can handle that language or um you know, or wants to, if we're being honest, right? Yeah. Like some people are like, ah, I'm not there. Well, I want something I can read on a Sunday afternoon and digest and think about. And it, it doesn't need to be that depth. Mm-hmm. So I started writing that. I, I first got the outline together. So I, I, I had this A to Z format. So people kind of hear the whole goes from A to Z and think of a kid's book. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's definitely like uh, for adults. But it does have that, uh, you know, the spirit brings abundance to your life. That's the A strengthens your bonds with others, comforts you, gives you direction, and it goes all the way, you know, through all the letters. Um, and I think the one, the two coolest parts of the book that especially re- reviewers have mentioned mm-hmm. is that um, every chapter ends with a few liken to yourself questions. So it's like, here's what you just read. Like now here's exactly what you can do to apply it. Cool. Like these, these kind of thought provoking um, questions kind of prompt you to do stuff, prompt you to act. Um, and then the other thing is there's a, a spiritual inventory quiz at the beginning where it's just like how you're doing in your life and how you're doing spiritually. And you kind of check whatever applies to you. Mm-hmm. And based on that, you could go straight to a letter that applies most to you. That's most relevant to you. Hmm. So you don't have to read in order. You don't have to read the whole thing. You can just like take that quiz, go read a chapter and know how to apply it. So, uh, you get to pick one letter that you were going to go a little bit deeper and give us an idea of what this book will be like. So pick that letter and tell us how that flows with the the Holy Ghost and then a little bit more. And then maybe even if you dare, give us a question to ponder as we end this thing. Okay. Um, so I will focus on the P chapter, which is how the Spirit can bring you peace. Um, so a lot of people have really... Um, kind of gravitated toward that chapter. Mm-hmm. And I think that's telling of the world in which we live. Yeah. Um, relevant to Ukraine as, the, you know, the complete lack of peace there, but also um, a lot of things disturb just our personal peace, you know, the, th- the turmoil that goes on in our lives. And so in this chapter, I talk about, um, you know, here's the savior as the prince of peace. But when you're feeling, when you're feeling that uh, discomfort inside you, and, you know, there's that question in the hymn, where can I turn for peace? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't always turn to God yeah. when we're feeling that. You know, we have these, like, even today, I was just, something happened and I was feeling that discomfort and I immediately wanted to um, ditch this interview with you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like feeling that upset. I'm like, how can I do a podcast interview when I'm feeling this way? And I wanted to watch a TV show and I wanted to binge on junk food. You know, those are my like go-tos, but then I'm like, okay, I've really got to do this interview. (laughs) So how can I get my peace back? You know, 
And I, I knelt down and I said a prayer and I just felt that peace again. And I felt, you know, the spirit brought things to my mind to make me think of things differently and just help me feel um, grounded again. And I was able, obviously able to um, talk with you. Yeah, <laughs> spoiler, you spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just think, and I can actually, one of the, I'll give you a question from there. Yeah, I like this too. And I, I like uh, both the interactive sort of quiz to be like, hey, pal, where are you in this whole thing? And then I, I really like, you know, and, and some would say maybe it's a, a little heavy handed or like you, you're, it's given you the direction and you need to think about it yourself. But I like books that give me this, hey, think about this. And I'm like, oh, cool. Because I had a thousand things that I was thinking about. And when I can get to the end of something, it's be like, consider this. It's also what I love about Come Follow Me is it's like, here's a question what do you think? And I go, Oh yeah. Okay. Let me think about that. Exactly. Um, so the question for this chapter is when you feel troubled, what worldly sources do you tend to turn to for peace and why? My phone, mm -hmm. my phone and ice cream. Oh. <laughs> and then the second question, what can you do to seek the Prince of peace instead? Yeah. So just kind of these simple things just make you ponder and, um, help you feel the spirit more in your life. And I think a lot of people, like we think of the spirit and we know certain things, you know, how he can warn us and comfort us and direct us. But there's like a lot more he can do. Like 26 things. Yes. <laughs> he can help you get a husband from Ukraine to move to Utah. That's what the Holy Ghost can do. Pretty amazing. That, that's that's an awesome story. The courage, the, the bravery, the just... I mean, the, the two of you guys are, are pretty tremendous people. And I don't even know him at all, except for his name. Um, but I appreciate you being willing to share that story and being vulnerable as far as all that goes. I have three questions that we ask everyone who steps into the cultural hall, which I will ask of you right now. The first question is, is do you have a calling right now? And if so, what is it? Yes, I am a Sunday school teacher for the youth in our branch. If you could pick a calling, either one that that exists or make one up, what would you pick? Probably Sunday school teacher for adults. Okay. And what would be the subject? What's like your thing that you're like, oh, this is my jam? Like just gospel doctrine, I think. Okay. okay. I love teaching the youth, but I think uh, with the adults, there would be a little more participation and <laughs> probably less chair rocking. <laughs> yeah. And then they fall and you kind of want to be like, I could have told you that was going to happen. And I'm sort of smiling. But I'm glad you're not hurt and we don't have to send you to the hospital. But also, don't do that anymore because we talked about this already. Uh, the last question is, um, and we ask that you interpret this question however you may, but the question remains, what is your favorite part of your faith? Not surprisingly, having the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. That it is just incredible that I can feel so connected with God and have so many blessings that he's just so willing and happy to give me. And I think it's a, 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 a an amazing gift as well, because like some people probably hearing your story are like, man, I'd love it if God created a burning in my heart for this person, you know, like that doesn't happen to everyone. And so I think it it is, um, I think that it is unique and a tremendous blessing that you've shared with everyone to go, hey, yeah, you know what? It can work this way. And also there are 25 other ways that it could possibly work for you as well. 
and helping us uh, to return to live with our Heavenly Father. Um, I hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body, that if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week, and that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast will be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really gotta go on the Culture Hall show.